Hey, this is Jeremy Roenick, and guess what? You guys are listening to The Jim Bob Show. Hey, this is Jim McMahon, and you're listening to The Jim Bob Show. It is the one and only Ron Jaworski. Jim Bob, it's Ron Jaworski. I, I know. I'm in, I'm in awe. I know. But oh, awesome. come on. You guys are awesome, man. Keep up the great work. Hey, this is Brian Urlacher, and you're listening to The Jim Bob Show. That's awesome. Oh, and that's then, it. How about one? This is Brian Urlacher. I'm not a bitch. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's about that that, that, We are a bucket list destination for a lot of people. And maybe a son is bringing his dad and said, I fell in love with the game, watching it with my dad, and promised him, I'm getting choked up, promised him I would take him to Canton before he passed away. Oh, man. 720 WGN. And for the Jim Bob Show Game Day Edition and Jim Bob, the excitement for the NFL season, it goes year-round now, right? You used to think of it as a seasonal thing. Now there's always something happening with the draft and, of course, all the festivities happening around the Hall of Fame class, the Hall of Fame game. For our Game Day getaways, we're going to pick you know great destinations with NFL football happening. And the big thing happening now is in Canton, Ohio, at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Excited to have Rich DeRoser. He is the Chief Communications Officer. Rich, welcome to the show. Show. Thanks for having me, guys. You know, my first question to you, Rich, is that, um, you know, you're the guy that's going to tell us this exact answer. And, and the question is, what is considered the most compelling reason for people to visit the Hall of Fame? Oh, wow. You know what? I think I think you can get a great answer for that. But just by looking at our mission statement, which we try to live out every day, honor the greatest of the game. After this year, we'll have 371 enshrinees for for a sport that has been professional for 104 years. And, and you start to do the math on on how many people have played, and to think that there's only 371 who have membership on this, on this elite team, uh, that's pretty amazing. Second pillar of ours is to preserve its history, and the game has changed so much. Since people started uh, being paid for it, you know, well over a hundred years ago, and uh, we joke here when we tell the story of the game that, that the league was founded in Canton, Ohio, in 1920 because they had concerns about uh, free agency and franchise relocation and amateurism issues, and by golly, they solved all of those in 1920. <laughs> and uh, uh, but it really was the reason that the league was formed, and you know, you you had players who might play for for a team uh, on a Saturday, you know, in one city and they were barnstormers really. They you know, they played somewhere on Saturday and played somewhere else on Sunday and and contracts were escalating and and these owners were like in this group included the late great 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 man George Hallis uh said, "Listen, we got to get some control over this." And uh put the league together in 1920. It was not named the NFL at that point. That came a couple years later. Why do you need to come to Canton, Ohio? Is for, is for all of those great stories. You know, the, uh, the men and women who have made the game such a place, to, risen it to such a place that, you know, literally two-thirds of this country stopped what they were doing on Super Bowl Sunday and partook in that game. You know, whether they were watching it for the game, whether they were watching it for the commercials, whether they were watching it for uh, Rhiannon at halftime, whatever their reason, they stopped and they tuned in. And there is nothing 
else in this country that makes people stop and watch the way professional football does. So the, the Hall of Fame was started in, in 1963, and it's great to have a place to go ahead and recognize the greats of the sport, the greats of the game. At what point did the Hall of Fame start thinking, well, let's let's create a destination. Let's make this a place not only you know for a list of great players, but also a great place to go. Probably about, I'd say about seven years ago, that that kernel of an idea, you know, we knew what we had as far as the museum went, but but literally, you know, people people would would make this a bucket list destination or, or a must-see stop, maybe on their way to somewhere else. And hey, we're going to Myrtle Beach or we're driving to Florida. Let's let's stop in Canton on the way and go through the pro football Hall of Fame Museum. And a couple hours later, they walked, you know, they came in our front door with all this enthusiasm and they walked out and they were, you know, they, they were jazzed about what they saw and experienced. But there was sort of this, and we could feel it, we knew it, there was sort of this, okay, now what? Now what do we do? And we wanted to make the, okay, now what be, well, you're going to stay in Canton for another few hours or another few days. And so, you know, springing up all around the museum are uh, youth fields. There, are, There's youth tournaments here almost every weekend, whether it be tackle football, flag football, soccer, lacrosse, you know, it's multi-use facility. We want to bring people to Canton and show them that Canton is a great destination for the Pro Football Hall of Fame Museum, but also for other reasons. And there's now retail and and restaurants here on the campus, a Ferris wheel, a zip line, a, a, a ride called Spike It, which is sort of a free fall type experience. And next come a hotel and a water park. And we know that this can be a place, there's so much to offer here, kind of a you know hidden gem. There's so much to offer here that people should be spending more than a few hours inside the museum. They should be spending a couple of days in this area and seeing the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland or visiting all the antique shops down around us and in, in, in Amish, what we call Amish country, which is kind of all around Canton where, uh, where you can get some, you know, some, great artifacts and great knickknacks and great furniture, you know, whatever might be the, the thing that makes you excited, you can find it within a few hours drive of here. You know, I've been to the Hall of Fame a, a number of times, and I was talking to Dane before we started the show, and I go, you know, I, I'm surprised I'm not in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> 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 but, but maybe if you just keep the rosters, maybe him. But but one of the things I, I was curious about is that you've got so much, you know, there's so much great cultural uh, elements that are saved and preserved there. Um, how do you go about that? That aspect of preserving, you know, uh, Billy White shoes, Johnson's shoes, and you know some of the, right. you know, Tom Brady's jerseys, or a lot of these rich uh, elements of just preservation. How do you guys go about doing that? All right, let's now let's let's stop for one second. You are in the Hall of Fame. Now you might not have a bronze bust. You are in the Hall of Fame, along with the thirty thousand or so of your brethren who who buckled a chin snap and took a and took a professional down in a regular season game. Your your records are here. Your archive. Every player who played in the National Football League has a record inside of this museum. Now, listen. Some of them are some of them are a lot larger than others, and you know you know how that goes. Uh, some guys got a cup of coffee, and some guys were fifteen year veterans, and so you know whatever that career looked like for him he has a file here you know like it's like the principal said son this is part of your permanent record and uh, so you have a permanent record in canton Ohio. so rich we can technically say jim you can say 
I'm in the Hall of Fame. You don't have I'm to go any deeper. Hey, hey, you just made my day. I can't even tell you what. Hey. This is the best phone call and, and, and interview we're ever going to do in our life. And so, no, I, I did not know that, Rich. I really, I honestly, I didn't. I'm, I mean, I'm assuming that you guys kept records on, on. I did not know that, but that that's amazing. And then, um, so all my, my, all my brothers are, are in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. It's, and so, Rich, as, as Jim Mohammed mentioned, how do you go about curating, right? Because you only have so much space, so many great moments happen on any given Sunday but how do you decide like what to get and then do you ever have people kind of fighting you for it Tom Brady's like I'd rather have that in my uh, living room well let me tell you uh, that that is true and there are some things that we have asked for of, of some you know these these passing these uh, passing records that have have fallen all over the place with you know Drew Brees and Brett Favre and Peyton Manning and Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes, uh, Joe you know the new class Joe Burrow and and uh, Josh Allen. I mean, uh, any given Sunday, it just about means somebody's doing something that we've never seen before. A lot of times, and and so yes, yeah, so, sometimes the guys are like, you know what, I kind of want to hang on to this one. Other times, guys who may realize, oh my gosh, the Pro Football Hall of Fame is asking me for something. This, this might, this is it. This might be it for me. Heck yeah, you can take it. I'll, I'll loan it to you. Uh, some things are on loan. Some things are donated outright and, and become the possession of the Hall of Fame long term. Other things are on loan. You know, a, a, a player such as a Patrick Mahomes, we say, hey, can you know, can we? Have your sideline jacket from the Super Bowl. Can we have your shoes or jersey from the Super Bowl? And, and you know, the Chiefs have been great to work with, and it, and it basically said yes to all of those. But they are technically on loan, and at some point they might go back to them, or at some point they might stay here. So uh, there's both uh, there's both outcomes there. You know, we are just constantly for something that has that historical significance to the game, but also some things that we think fans might want to see. And 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 for that example, I, I kind of think about. Donna Kelsey's jersey from last year, you know, that split jersey. It's half Jason, it's half it's half Travis, it's it's part green and white, it's part red and yellow. The Jason signed the back and Travis signed the front. And here's Donna on TV wearing this jersey, and all of a sudden this is a piece that everybody's talking about. So I guess from from that standpoint, it has quote unquote historical value, not for any role it played in the outcome of a game. It wasn't a ball kicked through the uprights to win a game or anything like that. But but you know what? This was a piece that, that people stopped, looked at, and talked about. We reached out to Don and said, we'd love to put that in the Hall of Fame uh, on display for a while. And and uh, she and the family said, yeah. So, you know, so that's something that's here. And, you know, I mean, other thing, you know, Andy Reid's, you know, the, the visor that Andy Reid wore when everybody had to be masked up uh, during the COVID period, you know, that's here. And, uh, you know, shoes and, and balls and the arm sleeve that Justin Jefferson wore when he made the catch on fourth and 18 at Buffalo when the Vikings rallied. I mean, just stuff that, that, plays a part in the game and that people want to talk about in that way and then you're and then you get into the stuff like and and you forget this sometimes when you're like me and you know on Sunday I'm a fan like everybody else and I'm sitting watching uh the Ravens at the Lions on a on the second or third Sunday of the week a year ago and holy smokes Justin Tucker's lining up for a 67 yard field goal and and all of a sudden you've got to go and he makes it and and we have to switch our brains from fan mode to museum mode and start making those phone calls because we just watched history being made. What can we do to reflect that in the museum? And and uh, Justin said, "I'll give you everything you want, 
except the shoes. I just broke them in. I want to use them for a few more games. So, so, so apparently, so apparently, Justin's routine is he's got game shoes, and while he's using game shoes for about three to four weeks, he's breaking in the next pair of game shoes. So he'll use a pair of shoes for roughly a month or so, but go through about four to five pairs in a season. And he had just, you know, he was on like week two or three of these shoes, and said, "Hey, I want to use these a little more." And I'll send you everything else. So we got his full uniform minus the shoes. Uh, right away and then about two weeks later the shoes he said okay i'm done with these shoes broke in another pair you can have these as well so now we've got the entire ensemble of what justin tucker wore when he kicked the 67 yard field so a lot of it is the teams themselves realize something has happened to be historical and they're on the phone with us as quickly as we're on the phone to them that's awesome. That's a, that's a great, you know, by the way, one of the, one of the greatest kickers of all time, for sure, uh, first time, uh, ballot Hall of Famer. I'm, my, my other qu- next question is, how many visitors do we have at the Hall of Fame each year? And then from your personal experience, I was wondering if you had like a, an anecdote or experience of, of somebody visiting the Hall of Fame that was, it was something that really, moved you or, or was uh, you know heartwarming and inspiring story from a, of a group visitor or a group of visitors and uh, those those two questions yeah let, let me let me answer the second one first because it, it literally just happened and this happens a lot we are a bucket list destination for a lot of people you know a lot of times I get a chance to speak in public and one of the questions I ask the room that I'm in is is how many of you have actually been to an NFL game in stadium experience at an NFL game and more hands go up than I expect most of the time because the, the, the true number is about 10% for as, for the, for as deep of a passion as, as we have for the game, only about 10% of people actually ever experience a game inside the stadium. We're watching with our families on our couches in our living rooms, making a, you know, making a party out of it, or we might go to, you know, our neighborhood sports bar, uh, with a backers club. You know, a Bears backers club around here. There's a lot of Browns backers clubs together on a Sunday and watching. We experience football as a family and with our friends. And for that reason, we get a lot of father, son, father, daughter, mother, son type of of guests come in who's, you know, and, and maybe a son is bringing his dad and said, I fell in love with the game, watching it with my dad. And promised him, I'm getting choked up, promised him I would take him to Canton before he passed away. Oh, man. You know, and this just happened the other day, but what was an interesting twist on the other day was it, it was a woman. It was a woman in hospice, and she, she has a very short time still to live. And she said, I need to get to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And an organization, and, and I'll use the phrase, you know, make a wish type of organization, make a wish type of organization. And they usually do things with young kids, but it was, it was that type of organization heard that, that, that one of her dying wishes was to get to the Pro Football Hall of Fame and made all those arrangements. And, you know, she's coming through the museum and, and, you know, she's, she's not mobile. She's, she's in a wheelchair and she's on oxygen. She's in a wheelchair. She's on oxygen. Her days are very, very, finitely numbered and she smiled the entire time wow those are that's 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 that's, 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 that's what we story. get to do here yeah that that's an inspiring and, and and great story and i appreciate you sharing that and thank you very much and um god bless those families is that you know being there and experiencing these things and so forth do you see 
the the fans what are their some of their favorite exhibits and what are what are your favorite exhibits in in regards to the hall of fame I love uh, I love what we call the locker exhibit for the new class. You know, we we have what what you know. It's changed a little bit this year. We went to a a, a little more modern case. It's all glass. It used to be just like a wooden locker room, and and there'd be these lockers side by side, and it would be space designated to the incoming class. So the last time we did it this way was for the class of 2022. And what was special about it for me is this was all items that the individuals, we asked the individuals themselves, give us items from your personal collection that tell your story. So in last year's lockers, we had things like, uh, you know, Coach Vermeil, Coach Dick Vermeil was elected as a member of last year's class. And it was important to him that, that the Eagles and the Chiefs and the Rams were all represented. So his locker reflected that and, and had items from all three teams. And, and Bryant Young, uh, you know, lost a son to, to a childhood cancer at, a, at an early age. And there were items in his locker that uh, were in memory of his son. And, and Richard Seymour and Tony Boselli, you know, both wanted there to be items in their lockers reflecting their college, you know, uh, Georgia for, for Seymour and USC for Boselli because those were the transformative years for them. So I like that exhibit because it helps me to tell their story through their eyes. You know, the other things that are extremely popular, of course, is the bust gallery because I think people go in there. It's very dark. It's very reverential. You know, it, it, you, you come from a place where you've done some interactive you've engaged with some interactive uh, exhibits and it's a little bit loud and you turn this corner and there's not a sign anywhere that says quiet, please. There's no sign that says you're entering a library or a church, but people treat it that way. They turn the corner and they see these busts and all of a sudden everybody gets real quiet and everybody whispers and they just stop and they look at these bronze faces that are, that are looking back at them and you can hear, you know, different generations of people tell us, oh, I saw, I, let me tell you about this guy. I remember this guy. This was one of my childhood heroes. Where's, you know, and we'll get questions. Where's, where's so-and-so? What year was so-and-so uh, enshrined? Where can I see his bust? And we'll walk him over and, and they'll say, you know, this was my first favorite player. Uh, and then the next, another real popular place is the Super Bowl rings exhibit. We are the only place where all 57 Super Bowl rings in one in one showcase and you get you know we talk about the evolution of the game and the evolution of the player and the evolution of the rules Super Bowl rings have gone through a pretty cool evolution too what started out as something that looked like a basic high school class ring or college class ring that's what the Super Bowl 1 2 3 4 championship rings look like and now they're about the size of a manhole cover and and uh, it's pretty amazing you know and and, uh, you know, and Tom Brady's had uh, had a hand in designing a few of these, and uh, they get more and more ornate every time he wins one. And, and I think uh, Patrick Mahomes has decided he wants to keep up a little bit because I think he's had a hand in, in designing uh, at least a voice or a hand in designing the couple that the Chiefs have won here. And, and uh, they just get bigger and bigger and bigger. But they tell stories, too. When you start to look at the rings and, or, or know how many diamonds are in the ring, uh, it starts to tell a story. You know, there's 283 rings in one of the Patriots uh, Super Bowl rings because they trailed 28 to three in the game, and uh, you know, different you know, different little things like that. The, you know, everything in here in this museum has some sort of story to it. And when you're a history nut and a football nut, 
and love to talk about it like I do. I, I have the, the, the blessing of, of being able to mix all of those passions into one thing. You mentioned George Hallis earlier in uh, in the interview, and, and the Bears have more inductees to the Pro Football Hall of Fame than any other team. And when you think team, now teams don't, there's no team Hall of Fame, right? But the 85 Bears, one of those greatest teams of all time. If they had a team Hall of Fame for football, they would be in it. How do you guys recognize <laughs> the teams when it is more than just the individual accomplishments of a player? How do you guys showcase that stuff? Well, you know, that's a great question. And that is one of the things that I think we have kind of turned the mirror back on ourselves and said, what are some of the things that we can do better? And quite honestly, You've identified one of the things that I think we believe here we can do better. So we are working with the teams to say, what stories do you want us to be sure that we are telling? You know, let, let's talk about the 85 bears or the, you know, or the 19, you know, 40 bears or the 63 bears. And, and let, you know, let's talk about the uh, teams that are legendary just, just by that year that's so associated with them. And let's talk about their rings of honor, you know, the, the, the team's rings of honor and, and guys who aren't in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, but who built those various franchises. You know, we, we know that that's a place where we can grow and that's something that's, uh, on our near term, uh, horizon for bringing some exhibits here where, you can come up to a kiosk and, you know, what you're, well, what we want to do is when you walk through our front door, you're going to self-identify, I'm a Bears fan, and we're going to give you a lanyard that has a chip in it so that every time you walk up to a kiosk, it's going to activate and it's going to say, uh, you know, uh, hey, Jim Bob, I hear you're a Packer fan. Don't forget to, you know, press here to learn more about fill in the blank, you know, a player or a team, a contributor to the game. So we really want to personalize that experience for fans. Uh, and, and, you know, this is something that the College Football Hall of Fame does real well. You walk in there uh, and you say, hey, I'm a, uh, I'm a fan of Kansas State. And, I, and so every time you walk up to an exhibit, if it has anything, you know, inside of it that, that mentions Kansas State, it's going to bring that to you to help personalize that experience. So we want to build off of that model at the pro level. Yeah, let the listeners know we're talking with Rich DeRosier is the Chief Communications Officer for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And before we let you go, Rich, we definitely want to get information where people can kind of plan their getaway, their destination. So many people, I know the world will be watching, so many people joining you very soon for that Hall of Fame game. So give a little snapshot to just the excitement. It's always a place, a destination for people to go and check out, building lots of reasons to get there and enjoy it for fans and families. But this is a special week. We've had an ad campaign running uh, for a little bit that says in season, off season, it's always football season. And we are open 363 days a year. And certainly our numbers pick up in the summer as people do summer vacations. But 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 we can be uh, a place for people to go every day of the year except for Thanksgiving and Christmas. We are open. Uh, we get calls all day. Hey, are you open on July 4th? Yep. You open on Memorial Day? Yep. You open on Labor Day? Yep. Uh, so 363 days a year, you can come here, get your football fixed, but certainly we, uh, don't take for granted how the eyes of the world are on Canton, Ohio, uh, really starting a week from now, we will kick off the 104th season with the Jets and the Browns in the hall of fame game. And that is the official start to a new NFL season. And, uh, and wouldn't you know it, it was already, you know, especially for people in this area, it was a pretty 
exciting matchup. It harkens back to the first Monday night game, the Jets and Browns, and some other uh, historical uh, ways that those two teams have crossed over the years. And now all of a sudden, uh, after that game's announced a little while later, all of a sudden some guy named Aaron Rodgers enters the picture. And uh, so he lends a little bit more excitement to the game, whether he plays a single snap or not. Just the fact that he's going to be uh, making his Jets debut on a field in Canton, Ohio, just adds a little extra element to us. And, and uh, now we get the hard knocks following the Jets around. And, and then on Friday, we've got uh, the gold jacket dinner where the new class gets their gold jacket. And then on Saturday is the enshrinement when they reveal their bust. And, and these guys have not seen their busts yet. They've seen their jackets and they've uh, been fitted for their jackets, but they have not seen their busts. So when they lift the drape off of their bust uh, prior to delivering their enshrinement speech on that Saturday afternoon inside Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium. They are literally looking at the bust for the first time. Uh, they've had a few hints of it, but 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 not the finished product. Uh, so that reaction you see is genuine, and the likeness is pretty darn good. And you can walk through the Hall of Fame now, and you, in many cases, wouldn't need to see the name placard next to that bust. You identify it immediately as, as whoever that was that is your favorite player. Millions of people will be watching some of the most memorable moments happen on that stage and in those speeches. That will be news for a long time. So many people will be watching. The lucky ones will be there on site with you, Rich, at the Hall of Fame. And, of course, 363 days a year when they can get in there and see and be a part of all of that history that's going on and the future, right, that you guys are building for football. So, Rich, last thing, like give the, the web, website out, social media ways for people to keep up with everything going on. Yeah, we are on all the main major social media channels, uh, and uh, our tag is the same all the way across, at Pro Football HOF, and we are Pro Football HOF dot com on on uh, the website profootballhof.com lots of good content here lots of history anything you want to know about uh, the museum itself and traveling here and the hours and the ticket prices and all that good stuff profootballhof.com rich thanks so much for everything you guys are doing at the hall of fame to to recognize and and respect the sport and thanks for jumping on the show today yeah i appreciate it very you much bet. it's great